and we're rolling. All right. So here's a little form. I, I, wanted, I wanted to record lunch, and Ryan said, don't record lunch. And I said, oh. fine, I won't record lunch. But I actually thought you guys were going to when you walked in with all of the cameras. Yeah. I was like, wow, they're going to set one up there. See, I, you know, the expectation, well, so people get freaked out, and I've been yelled at a couple times for recording when I shouldn't be. So I said, <laughs> tell me not to record lunch because I kind of want to. He's like, don't record lunch. It's like, fine, you're the boss. I will listen. And then we had this awesome conversation, and what uh, I was pretty excited to hear about was the kind of the way that you guys are set up to, like, the fact that agents own their own book of business. What? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so... Um, I guess Jack Ryan, our founder. Okay. He How far does this go back? 1960. Okay. And he has 61, I think. He had left an agency once he found out that he was not getting a share of the contingency. And all the big guys were uh, basically taking the contingency uh, off of work that, that he had done. So he went out and founded the, the agency on the basis that everybody shares. You know, if you if you represent 5% of the business, then you represent 5% of the profit. I think for the first 27 years of, of existence, he would say that it never, the profits were very small. Yeah. But now when you hit critical mass, now they're much is he still, Is he still part of the company? He passed, well, he passed like two years ago, maybe? He was like oh. 94. Yep. Okay. You know, so he was around for, for quite a long a time. So he, he got to see it become kind of what it is? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I think we were in the top 100 agencies in the country probably for the last 10 years of his life. So. I like to jokingly say that we're a nonprofit. Yeah. And really, Roberts and Ryan exist to kind of make the producer successful. So yeah. we're here to support them and make them uh, be able to sell more well, and do what they do best. I mean, you know, Ryan tells this story all the time. I mean, it literally destroys businesses and families, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's just, you know, listen, you're working and you're building this thing on your own, right? I mean, yeah, the name exists for you to operate under, but I mean, largely, you know, like we were, I don't know if this was at lunch we were talking or not, but... I mean, the agent just kind of said, like, here, go figure it out. You know, it's just like, you go do the right. thing. And yet they just, they don't want to give you ownership of that. And it's just insane that, you know, like finally we've got, you know, somebody that is operating on a fairly, I mean, you guys probably wouldn't say large, but I mean, it's a bigger scale than most and, and are yeah. finding success with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I would I would say to counter that point is if, if I understand an agency owner, if they're going to pay you 60 grand a year, 100 grand a year to come in to produce, that yes, then the owner, the agency owner should probably own that book. Right, 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 right. So, but because we don't do that, yeah. then I think that's the fair, fair exchange. And so let's say, do you, probably an unfair question, but I'm asking it anyways. What would you say to the agent that's kind of sitting there thinking, hmm, I don't own my book. What should I do with my life now? <laughs> I mean, I tell people that there is no better agency to come and um, kind of be able to make as much money as you possibly can. I mean, and not have to sacrifice your relationships. Yeah. So you basically can get an account at a $500 bop and watch it grow to a half a million dollar account if that magically happens. And you never have to pass it off to anybody else. That's always your account. So it, it's really... a a place where you are able to grow your book without sacrificing any relationship and be compensated fairly and equitable. Now, like, how do you guys operate, like, kind of like, I mean, like, it sounds like there's a lot of just kind of one-man shops, like, everyone kind of has the control, like, what oversight is involved, like, from a company, you know, like, corporate top-down, even though you guys, from what I understand, the corporate structure is pretty recent as far as just even having a CEO and 
and like some mark dedicated marketing support. Like, what does that look like as far as your like the support that you do give to agents, and what kind of guidelines do they have to adhere to, and, and that whole stuff? Well, in the past, it was very little oversight. It was just kind of the very wild west. Yeah. I mean, people could come and join, yeah. and if they ended the year making eight grand, they no one really cared, right. yeah. and, and I didn't care because that didn't affect it. Right. Because we're not paying yeah. you anything extra, right? right? And right, right. We, once you have our, we have a couple main offices, and if you're just sharing a cubicle there, it really doesn't cost us anything more. Yeah. You know, you don't, you do not get a designated uh, CSR if you're only generating ten grand. You can be sharing it with somebody else. So you have to grow into your into your CSR, but we always have checks and balances to kind of manage. What are those limits? Like when, like, what is your, you get a CSR moment? It's a, it's a, a lot of moving pieces in there. I mean, it could be premium, it could be account volume. It just, it kind of depends. There's a lot of different yeah, factors. I'd say it was at about, if you, from a commission standpoint, probably 200. Okay. Right, and then I had a full time, and that's a commercial line. Sure. And so I still had another personal line. Um, I don't, I'm probably about 98% commercial line. Is that so scary? Because I mean, I, like, is that, are you, I mean, I, I, I support that. Do you have any taste for personal lines? Or no, no. So when I, I, <laughs> I, I have and I'll tell you why. I got burnt out. Please. Is when I had before I got into insurance, I'm one of the few people in the insurance business that legitimately tried to get into insurance on purpose. So I had my landscape business All and right. I wanted residual income. Yeah. And so I found that there's only a few businesses that did that, insurance being one of them. Yep. So I made a legitimate move and I went to State Farm because they're one of the few people where you can make a move where they would pay you during training. Yep. So I did that. And, How um, long was that? Uh, so the training was seven months and then I stayed active for about nine months. So three months in, I knew I wasn't going to stay there. So less than a year, you were at State Farm. Yes. Yeah. And it was I was having to do personal lines and I thought, because I was ignorant of insurance at that point, that I could go over there and write all of my other commercial friends that I've been friends with for 10 years out in the yeah. field. And I they're got dying, there. They're dying to buy insurance from me, right? <laughs> just right. Well, first thing they write yeah. on the list to do. Well, I remember talking to my State Farm underwriter, and she's like, well, you know, really, if they put a shovel in the ground, like, we just don't want that. Like, that's yeah. pretty much the guideline. I was like, well, that's everybody I know. Yeah. You know? And these were big accounts, you know, 50 or 100,000. So then I knew I didn't want to do it. So I was like, well, then we'd have to live on purse line. So I started that grind very similar to Brian's, and he stated that you know you, you're working at night for this first line, right? Because you're you're not going after the business line at night, right? Um, real quick, you mentioned this, and I, I always say this like I feel like we're open at the wrong times for like a lot of the personal line shops, right? Like right. we operate nine to five, but yet like everyone that we're trying to do business with is working nine to five. I just they don't. I feel that, like that's like like obvious like number like number one thing like um, can we rethink this? Yes. And I, I would agree, and that's one of the that's one of the other reasons I went into commercial because I said I, I don't want to work at, yeah. at five. Like we, you literally should work retail hours. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's a horrible lifestyle. I, I mean, I'm you know, if they want, <laughs> if they want to do, you know, we're not going to judge. I mean, right, right. If they no, want no, to no, do no that, obviously, yeah, you know? obviously, no. Like we, you know, we all had that job stocking shelves doing retail hours that we didn't yeah. want to, you know, like yeah. selling insurance isn't that good to work no. retail hours. No, but my whole premise of being self-employed from age 20 on was so that I could have freedom later on in life to yeah. own my own business and do what I wanted. I mean, once you have children, as you know, yeah. those nights yeah. are, if you're not coming home and your spouse is either you know, holding down the fort by themselves, it's not a pretty. Uh, me being here right now, I can't, I got to go home in a day and I'm, you know, it's just going to be a, about, it's like usually like a 24 to 40 hour period before, you know, it's just that just. Just that subtle hostility kind of goes away. It's just like <laughs> right. you around adults without children, yeah. so that just means vacation. <laughs> right, right. Whether or not I'm working or not is irrelevant. Really. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just I'm fascinated by like just the, the overall, 
know, kind of company structure. I mean, do you, f like, success rate, you know, like, people come in, like, what's, like, like, what, what do you think, like, how do you see, like, you know, like, somebody that comes in is successful, somebody that comes in that isn't successful, kind of in the middle, like, what does that look like, I mean, ratio-wise? Um, your, the thing about Robert and Ryan is your definition of success can be totally different. So what Jason defines his, yeah. like, career as being successful, he may be successful right now, right. right, and be done and comfortable with it. The next guy may say, I want to be double what Jason is, right. and so he... It's totally different, and then we also have the guys that are comfortable ha with the eight thousand dollar revenue book type of thing, and they're kind of sitting back and coasting. So, the the model for success is all over the board and individually defined. So it's it's nice, but so like let me let me ask you this: five guys come to you, and the first year, how many are still with you? And like what you know, like, wh like what do those five guys look like over that course of the year? You know what I mean? Or like that might be a topic. Give me something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that uh, I'll let Jason answer that because the answer is tough. <laughs> all right, I'll fine. preface that because. Before I came in December of '04, and uh, I was the first guy to come in scratch. That okay. was not a son really? or relative. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but at that how, time, how big were you? At, how big were you guys in, in '04? Like the size of compared um, to where you are now, ten. Oh, I think we were about 150 million. Okay. Shot maybe. Uh, then we're probably 300 something now. 40. Yeah. Okay. Well, who knows? I mean, we don't really want. There's no reason for us to really watch those. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just curious, you know, like, like you said, yeah. like, like if you've attracted more scratch guys since, or not too, not too many. I mean, I'll be honest. I do not believe we are the place for a brand new agent to come and grow their book without insurance experience. Without insurance, you can have insurance experience to come in and be highly successful, and we have um, a handful of guys that have done that. But come in, and for us to kind of give you the training and the, I'll call it even the training wheels of of sales and insurance knowledge, that's not. Yeah, I came place. from. So you're one of the exceptions then, being. Yes, but keep in mind, I came from the, the trades. Yeah. Which means at any one time you only have probably two weeks worth of work. Yeah. Ever. Like <laughs> you never have more than that, you know, with, with a runway. So for me, it's always been in my mind, I got to sell, keep selling, keep selling, keep selling. And it just, that's just never left me. Yeah. But other people who I think came from um, other, whether it was agencies or direct writers, where they were used to having a management group on them all the time to say, hey, we're having a meeting every Monday. What are your numbers? How many calls you make? The people that need to get pushed, that we're probably, we're never in that space. Or we're not the place for that. Self-starter, self-motivation. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. Um, we're, so we're the place for the business owners that don't want to manage the business anymore. They want to they want to go and sell. They want to be an yeah, entrepreneur. That's that's where we yeah. fill. And go back to your, your question was, we probably only had, had one new person Per year, up through 2012, 2013. Yeah. So it's very hard to say who kind so of. So now where you at, now? We're at, what's that pace now? Uh, with Chris being on board, our new CEO, uh, July one, I think he's he's picking up the pace where we probably have close to ten people right now that don't have a book of business that are actively growing. growing it. Yeah. What uh, what's that process like? Let's say somebody's watching and saying, you know what, uh, I kind of want these guys look all right. Uh, what, what what does that process look like? Like the, like to actually become part of the the, the group. You know what? That is a great question because it's still going. I mean, that would be when I would defer to <laughs> Chris, actually, because yeah. I mean, I would say He's, that's something you're developing more. Yeah. yeah, that process evolves constantly, and yeah. every situation is slightly different. I mean, um, the the best thing about it is there is no like transaction that occurs. It's it's 
it's more of like the book just kind of rolls into gotcha. Robertson Ryan and your clients slowly merge into seeing the Robertson Ryan brand versus what it was. And so What's that, that transition how, is How long seamless. is that? Like, do you guys have like kind of a set time period, like a year, two years? You know, we don't, and it kind of, it kind of depends maybe how ingrained. Um, I'll, I'll, I think it was brand. seven years ago we had an agency join us. They're still somewhat co-branded. Oh, really? Um, okay. Two years ago. So it's, it could be a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We kind of try to gauge the customers. You don't want to shock them and have them freak out and be like, who's Robertson Ryan? We don't right. you know, want to work with them type yeah. of thing. It sounds almost too laid back to be, be true. Would that be a good assessment? I think if you, if you uh, attract the right people who are self-starters and everybody's profitable, to a certain degree, you never really have to be too cautious because there's no leaks, there's right. no leaks in the bucket. So right. you're always making right. money. So I so scratch agencies seems to be a hot topic with like some of the agents that, that we kind of frequent. Um, what's like what's something that you know you could share from that experience? Obviously, it's a slightly different environment, but I mean that's like listen. If you're thinking of starting a scratch agency, I would do this. I wouldn't do that. You're crazy if you're even thinking about this. Good question. That's a good question. Um, I never started an agency, so I can't even provide feedback on that. But you can so pretend. I yeah. Won't, I won't, I won't. So when it, when no, no. time I got to Just Robert to Ryan, this was probably I considered that my fifth business venture. Okay. So and every time it took so long to build, build any momentum, and it took so much effort from the ground up to. I mean, back then, you know, business cards and a logo and just arranging everything and hiring people, blah blah blah. If you come with us, you just come in and all you have to do is sell. Everything else is taken care of. You gotta pay for your health insurance and your parking, yep. and then pretty much everything else is taken care of. So you have, you know, we have mailroom, we have a CFO uh, to do the books. They handle the the, the IT, um, everything. It really let you focus on the kind of thing you thought you were going to be good at. Correct, correct. So if you just want to just sell, then it's hard to argue that um, that there's a better place. Now, if you want to have producers under you, <coughs> then we're not the place. But I would add, if you're starting a scratch agency, I think you're crazy. Okay, that's what I think. <laughs> nice. But I would tell you, um, if you are doing it, you need to be prepared for the, the one, the sales process is totally different, especially if you're not targeting personal lines. Commercial, you're generally not flipping effective dates quickly. So you have, uh, you may generate a contact on July 1st and it doesn't come up until February. Right. So you need to be prepared for that sales process to be months, maybe years, um, and that win can take time and you need to be patient. So you had mentioned an interesting thing of like, so let's say you do come into the business and you're, you are growing. What happens when your volume kind of outgrows what you personally can handle? What's the growth opportunity there? Um, we are, well, we're looking, and I mean, it would depend on what size that is, but I would think that's almost like a million of revenue maybe at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different options. I mean, we have um, one you can, a lot of the model right now is bring your son in to help kind of son or, or son or daughter. That's one avenue. The other piece is uh, we do have a support team like for marketing. Um, you can add to your CSR staff. I mean, we do have like, I'll call them account managers, even though um, and they can kind of manage your book for you while you're kind of working on growing. And then we're looking at some other options these yeah. days right now. Too. But like, so you were saying like, yeah, so like if you wanted to add a producer underneath you, they would just be their own producer within the group? Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. I mean, our, our bottom philosophy is you can't have I can't have Joey come work under me and you go out and cold call. It's, not, not, a, it's not a... Um, it's not a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like a <laughs> let's sell Avon together right, sort of thing. Right. No, no, it's like if you want to join us, that's fine, but you're your you own You have a very person. great hand cream, right? You guys yeah. have a very good <laughs> yeah, hand cream. Right. Yeah, so I would... But, uh, I mean, right now I'm at like 
six. So I have two commercial CSRs and then another first line CSR that I help. And then we've kind of, and so that second one is not fully. So, but I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, if we're, if we're just going to open the box, kind of knock it down a little bit. I mean, if you're if you can keep adding CSRs and you can just knock you know set the business up and have somebody mm -hmm. knock it down, yeah. you know, or you knock it down and they just take. Yep. I mean, like honestly, like that dramatically multiplies oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. kind Absolutely. of growth that you could. That's experience. what I'm saying. I think yeah. you can get to a million in revenue. Yeah. Um, not not premium, but revenue. Yeah. And Always a good distinction, that. right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because I don't. We like to talk in. We like to talk in. Uh, we like to talk in premium off. I, I would. Yeah. I mean, I would tell you our top like ten to twenty producers are bigger than your average size agency. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, top ten are above a million. So, you know, and, and they don't have any sort of fancy infrastructure underneath it or, or anything like yeah. that. Um, so if you just had to give me a blanket statement on, like, the state of the industry versus kind of what you're doing versus just where you see it going, like, what does that look like to you guys? Personally, I'm a big proponent of, of finding your, your niche or niche, whatever you want to call niche. it. That's what I, I say niche. Ryan says niche, but... Right now, it's we're niche. from the Midwest. He's so from I New York, York so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, yeah. I think he stumped a couple people. Yeah. So. yeah, they're like, "What is that? I don't know." What you're, I, don't, I don't know what you're <laughs> saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I think it's speak uh, English, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very hard to be a generalist in this industry as people like like myself go online and start to tick off all those. What are my niche accounts? And you're the generalist. It's very difficult for you to now compete with me now that I can talk your language. Um, have all you know, a better relationship with the with the uh, insurance carriers. Um, it's very difficult for people to uh, other agents to uh, compete with that. And as more and more people do that, eventually the generalist market, you know, segment keeps shrinking and shrinking mm -hmm. and shrinking. Um, uh, you know, so you know, I I, I, I kind of said this at lunch. The question is, is the relationship sale dead? And I, I think you were shaking your head a little bit, saying no. I said, I, I said I, under my breath, I said it just starts in a different place. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And so yeah. for for us as an agency, we are we're built on relationships. That's how we grew. That's how we've been successful. And we are, for the agency, are working on evolving into where it's starting in a different place now. So. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to see, and uh, you know that's why it was great to have you guys come in today and talk yeah. about how you're developing new relationships and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I love it. Uh, there's some of us here that say it's like insurance. Uh, uh, I can't think of it now. Insurance, uh, not cornucopia, but uh, Nirvana. <laughs> there we go. That's my term. <laughs> yeah, Raptopia. Nice. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day. I joined because we have almost more markets than anybody else. You don't, when you come to the table and you start, we're not asking you to invest. You basically just have to support yourself. So you're yeah. not like another business where you have to come up with 50, 100 grand. And then at the end of the day, once you get to a profitable level, you get 65 cents on the dollar. You know, it's hard to operate a small, if you're going to start scratch, I mean, at what point can you get to the point where you're pulling in that percentage off your buck? It's, it's quite a ways. It's probably the five or right. ten person mark that you're finally making that, that amount of money. Yeah. And this way you can do that without all those headaches. I'm going to leave it there. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Thank nice. you, Joel. Thanks. That was yeah. fun. Appreciate it. Good times? Good times. <laughs>